0: year Your... Welcome to another episode. Episode 6. Wow, we are here. All right, let's start. All right, let's talk about it. Mommy issues. Oh. <sighs> I think so I went to therapy after i I had a conversation with my mom, and I think we were about to fight or something i don't I don't remember what the conversation even was, but she told me she's like you need therapy and I'm like hell no i don't I don't need no therapy i don't I don't need therapy me therapy no, I'm fine and I also had the notion like um I don't need therapy because God could fix me. <laughs> Boy was, was I, I don't know. I wasn't Anyway, So the agreement that I made with my mom was, if you go to therapy, I'll go to therapy. So she was like, no, how about you go to therapy? Then I'll go to therapy. So when I did start therapy, I started therapy during the pandemic During the pandemonium, I started, I started therapy then and my mom at that point, she was stuck in Guatemala. We're not, we might touch on that, but she was stuck over there and I was here in the United States. I wasn't by myself because I lived with my great aunt and a family friend that I called aunt at that time. So I started going to therapy then and I didn't necessarily want to let my mom know, but when I did let my mom know eventually, like months into my therapy, she was like, Basically, she wanted to know every single detail of what happened during my therapy session. And bro, I'm not going to tell you, like you're my problem. You are, (laughs) you are the part, you are the reason why I have so much trauma. So no, I'm not going to tell you what happened. All right, so let me rewind. I think I did touch on this earlier in the episodes. Um, my mom, she got married when she was older. I think she was like in her late 30s, mid 30s. I think it was mid 30s. And she had three children. We're all two years apart. Well, I'm two years apart from my middle brother. And then my youngest brother, were four years apart. So she waited two years in between each each kid. I I remember one time I had a conversation with her and she told me how she always knew she wanted to be a mother. She always wanted kids, but she didn't want to get married. So... Which makes sense why things didn't work out with her and my dad. But I, I was not there. And I don't remember a lot of things from when I was younger. Because that was very traumatic for me, I'm assuming. Um, my The way that I'm, my brain works. My bra- I, f- I say this all the time. My brain loves me so much. That it blocked out a lot of traumatic events for me. So that I don't remember things and I think that's awesome about myself. So kudos to you, Brain. Thank you. I appreciate you. But um all this to say my mom she she very early she married a young man and and he my dad came from a very traumatic upbringing. He didn't grow up with his mother, which is why we don't w- me and my brothers we we don't say we don't call her grandmother she's still alive she's somewhere but we don't we don't call her grandmother we don't we don't talk to her we don't we don't have any type of relationship with her or her family the only person that i talk to on my dad's maternal side is my cousin who he's he's awesome he is super sweet he's so amazing he's incredibly smart geo you're awesome dude like i love you he's amazing that's the only person that i talked to really on that side at all on that side um so my my dad he he didn't grow up with his mom um to my understanding and to my knowledge and this is this i could be entirely wrong but to my knowledge my father's mother was very abusive to him to the point that my grandfather had to step in and take custody of him. But also to my knowledge, um, when they did go to court to battle custody of my father, my grandfather did lie in order to gain custody of my father. The details are not known to me, but that is all that I know. So my father then... Was basically raised by my great grandmother, who I call Grandma. She is no longer with us, but she was amazing. She was the best grandmother in the whole entire world, and I am so grateful that I got to spend eight years with her because she she was an OG. I loved her. So my mom married a man who had mommy issues who had mommy issues and daddy issues because his dad was always working and oh and i think that like if i was my dad i would have been like well my dad always chooses everything but me because eventually my grandfather went on to have a second child with my 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 father's mother went on to have more children she had three other children with other people and my father my grandfather had another child with somebody else and the partner that he chose was wasn't necessarily kind to my father so the only kindness that or or like maternal warmth that my father received was from his grandma my great-grandmother So all this to say, my dad didn't have a good example of what a dad or even a mom was supposed to be, right? So he married my mom who loved, my mom in in Guatemala, she has a bunch of brothers and a bunch of sisters and she grew up constantly with family around her and, and, you know, she loved her cousins. She loved family and she loved cooking and getting together with family. She, she, she loved that. So she thought she was getting that with my dad. Little did she know that my dad was not ready to have a family and he was a child himself. And he didn't know, number one, he he didn't have a good example of what a husband was, let alone what a father was. However, I do give kudos to my dad because my dad, I spent eight years with him right and he wasn't the best dad in the whole entire world right but he was a better father than his father so I give him that um all this to say my mom wanted kids but she didn't know what she was getting into when she had kids with my father needless to say I was a daddy's girl all like a die hard daddy's girl the problem with being a daddy's girl with a dad who didn't live with me was that any any time that my father promised me something or he said hey I'm gonna pick you guys up and we're gonna go to this place or we're gonna go to that place and it didn't pan out I would blame my mom I mean, be like, because like, there was no other parent to blame. And I couldn't, the, the little time that I did spend with my dad, I couldn't be mad at him because that would be wasting the time that we had. This is really sad. And, but I'm going to laugh about it because I have to laugh about my trauma or else I'm going to cry. And I'm not going to cry on this podcast because I'm a gangster and we don't do that. <laughs> oh my god the trauma i remember that when my dad would he he worked at least three jobs right because he had to pay child support for three kids and that was a that was expenser so he would most likely hang out with us at night or on the weekends that he was off which wasn't often so when he would come i would be like dad tell us i shared a room with my brothers and I'll be like dad come like stay a little bit longer and tell us a bedtime story or like stay till we fall asleep so me in my in my six-year-old seven eight-year-old mind I thought if I if I trick my dad into laying down next to me and telling me a story I will get to cling to him for dear life so that he won't be able to leave and he'll stay But and then I would wake up in the morning, super disappointed, because my dad found a way to maneuver out of my tiny little grasp, and he would go home. So every time that he disappointed me, I would pin it on my mom, and I think that's when, that's when it became. That's when the separation between me and my mom started. And my mom, anytime that anything went like that i was upset or that my mom would have to come and talk to me about things she would be like like let's have an open conversation come on she would she would try to like start the conversation off with her being vulnerable but i would want to hurt her i remember that i i would want to come for blood like I wanted to hurt her I saw that she was vulnerable and I would want to hurt her because I wanted to take out my anger somewhere like I couldn't take out my anger on my dad so I would have to take out my anger on my mom which is horrible right but like I was a child well what was I gonna do I didn't know how to express myself so the years just kept going and then you know my my father passed away and i further retreated into myself i further once my dad passed away i i just completely closed myself off i was like like i know that my mom's attention would be better spent on my brothers so let me just keep it in like i i i'm gonna take care of myself that's horrible at eight years old oh my gosh so I felt like I had to take care of myself and the 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 little that or I had to take care of myself and I had to take care of my brothers and that was my focus and and I realized I think all of my life since I was two years old and my middle brother was born it was always protect him like I couldn't play certain things or I couldn't do certain things because I had to protect him which is fine I'm not that's that was fine like they taught me that I couldn't play rough with him and I I had to take care of him and he was my baby right and it was the same for the the youngest child I had to do the same so I was there I had to take care of him and I, because I knew better, I had to do better for them. And so that, that, that feeling of, of taking care of them just increased once my father passed away. And so I, I further retreated into myself and I was like, I have to, I have to take care of myself. I have to do me. I have to, I can't allow my mom to worry about me. She has to worry about herself and the kids so that created an even larger barrier between my mom and I, and it also didn't help that my mom was became super 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 strict like if I thought that she was strict before i was in I was in for a surprise now, she realized that at this point she was a full time parent a full time single parent before it was probably like. and then my dad had 10% (laughs) which is kind of no help at all but you know like the responsibility of a lot of things didn't have to fall completely on her like she could call him and be like talk to your kids but now like you know and, and not even the responsibility of things but now like I have to deal with my kids being traumatized that their father passed away despite how I feel about him and despite my own grief and despite all the things that I had to find out at his funeral because at his funeral my mother found out that he actually divorced her without her knowing and that was a big one so not only do you have to now deal with your kids grieving and their trauma and and how to protect them and 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 guard the little sanity that I have left that they have left but you have to deal with how you feel about him and your own grief and I'm pretty sure like if 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 that was me I I I I I don't know I would have brought him back to life and then I would have killed him like at least 5,000 times because that was anyway So she had to deal with that and i'm I'm a girl right <laughs> and i was i was very hard to relate to i i shut off i w i when my father was alive, I kind of was shut off to her right because I was a daddy's girl, and i had to i felt like I had to protect my father or i had to i i just felt like i had to always be on his side and i was like shut off to her but now i was shut off even more completely shut off like you cannot her she could not get through to me at all at all and you know the years just kept going by and I I rem- I was depressed for a long time. And I didn't know how to deal with it because we eventually started going to a therapist. And my mom would hit us. My mom. <laughs> my mom would. <laughs> oh my God. My mom, she had belts. Um, we all shared a crib. Well, not shared because we were all like older, but <laughs> um, we each had the same crib. And so, once the crib was, you know, nobody used it anymore, everybody grew out of it. She was, she had started taking it apart and she was going to throw it out, but she realized that the bars from the crib, she could use them <laughs> and she could repurpose them. <laughs> so when my father was still alive um but he you know he he showed up when he could you know it wasn't he wasn't here all the time so she she wrote she took three three of the bars from the crib and she wrote down on each of them Papa de Rosalina, Papa de Francisco, Papa de Carlos <laughs> oh my goodness the- <laughs> I'm laughing because we were terrified of these palos. They were freaking like wooden bars from the crib that she would beat us, not beat, right? But like hit us with. And we were, every single belt in the house, we would hide. Every single palo from those, that stupid crib, we would hide it too. Because era cada ratito. She would be like, Nena, buscame tu palo. Buscame a tu papa. Oh my god, my dad got so upset when he found out that she she called those sticks our fathers. Anyway. I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> right, so as a kid, after my father passed away, we were supposed to the three of us, I think yeah, the three of us and my mom were supposed to go to therapy. So i remember during my therapy session i was i was still closed off um in the one time i think it was actually two times i had there was one session where i had started like opening up a little bit and then the second session after that or like the not the second session but the session after that um, I felt like I could open up even more. And I told her about like an incident when my mom hit me or something like that. And she was like, wait, your mom hit you? Why did I say that? And then I was, at this point, I was like trying to justify why my mom would hit us. <laughs> and so I decided like, I can't, this is not a safe space. So I ended up closing back again and she had a conversation with my mom. She told my mom, like, you can't hit your kids. Like, we're gonna call child protective services on you. Blah blah. So at that point, like I was like, Yeah, no. Close back up again. This was a mistake. Abort abort mission. And I decided, yeah, I don't wanna go to therapy anymore because I can't I can't tell you about my life. But I also can't speak to my mom about it, so let me just like not, not do this. So after that, I closed up even more, and I just I would just put up a front. Here, I I I was I was incredibly depressed, and I just remember that again I had to share a room with my brothers, so I would just stay to myself, and at night I would sob sob I would cry my little self to sleep every single night and I don't remember when I stopped I just know that 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 was I think that went on into like my teenage years Um, and it's crazy because I still live in the same room without my brothers and when I cry I'm like wow this is the same place that I cried in when I was little Oh my god, that's sad. <laughs> oh my god, that's sad. Okay, anyway, back to the story. Uh so my relationship with my mom just ended up getting worse. Like it never it, it just never got better from there. It, it was never good. So when I became a teenager um, it was, I had to hide myself and I couldn't do anything. So if I wanted to do anything, tenía que ser en escondidas. I had to do it behind her back. And I wasn't a bad kid. Like I didn't, I didn't do drugs or anything. I didn't like God really protected me from a lot of things that could have possibly happened to me because Mm. i've heard stories i've seen tv i know what it is but i think the worst thing that i did when i was a teenager was skip school multiple times but i never did i never did anything crazy like i would just skip school and like hang out with people i think one time i skipped school and i made out with a boy with a boy Ooh. (laughs) but that was you know i don't know that like whatever Um, and then I always got my phone taken away because I was always I think at that time I just really wanted attention and I knew that I was not going to get it or I didn't want it from my mom because I knew that her attention would be better placed in my brother's and they definitely needed it I mean now thinking about it girl I needed it why wasn't I taking it anyway But I felt like it was better, it was better placed in my brothers and I needed, I needed to make myself less, uh, visible or less relatable, less touchable, less accessible. That's what I meant. Less accessible to her so that she wouldn't even try and it would just all go into my brothers. And so I would try to get it from boys like, oh my God, you're so pretty or no you want to be my boy you want to be my girlfriend that was i was i was i i needed validation and attention from guys and i did get it um i wasn't a hoe because i never did anything with nobody i got my first kiss when i was like 14 so i didn't i wasn't and i lost my virginity when i was 18 so i I wouldn't consider myself a hoe maybe an attention hoe Maybe that. So she would find out that I would I would talk to the opposite sex. And she would take away my phone. I My phone was always taken away. I think one time I was having a conversation with somebody about condoms. I don't know what the conversation was. But I do know that it mentioned the condom. And she took away my phone. Um and and she just always knew when i was talking to a guy it's like her spidey senses would tingle or something she always knew when i was talking to a guy on the computer she always and and in that time we were using aim so she always knew when i was trying to IM somebody she always knew when i was doing something on facebook or myspace and i was like damn son like they have so i like i just i just wanted to get away from her um and then our relationship got really 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 bad when I graduated high school and I started dating Miguel. So she didn't like Miguel already, right? And and then it didn't help that I was at another church And then it really didn't help that I started lying about things. And I started coming home later than I was supposed to come home. So our relationship was like really bad then. But then our relationship became worse. When she kicked me out. And we had that fight. Uh, And... I think I, I, I actually touched on this before. What, what hurt me the most was the fact that she didn't look for me. Because I imagine, like, I don't have kids, right? But I imagine that if I had a daughter, and 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 I only had one daughter, and she was the person that made me a mother, I imagine that if me and her had a fight, and she ended up walking out of my house... I don't care how upset I am. I don't care how prideful I am. You're my kid and you're coming back to my house. Like, I'm coming after you. And I, I don't I don't care if I got to drag you del pelo, but you're coming back to my house. And we're going to talk about it in the morning. You could go to sleep. I'll leave you alone for the night. But in the morning, we're going to talk about what just happened. Um. And, it, and it, it hurt me that she didn't look for me. And then it hurt me further that... There was no contact throughout, you know, that time, and that she stuck to her guns, and she was like, "I'm not talking to her." That hurt me because I'm like, I I don't think that I would ever. And like we that there was a family function that we both ended up going to, and she didn't talk to me, she did not talk to me. Um, I I again I I couldn't imagine seeing my kid that I grew for nine months that I took care of that I you know did everything for for all her, her entire life I can't imagine her leaving my house and me seeing her after a period of time and me not speaking to her or it 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 was just really hard for me um And I I, I didn't receive an apology. I I don't think I ever received an apology from her. So... I ended up apologizing Whatever I came back. The whole thing. And... um, I think... I kind of just... I didn't need much from her at that point. I just... I was just grateful that I was allowed to come back. That I had a place to come back to. And that I was able to... Um you know be with my family again and and I was fine with the way that things were were like I was like okay well you know like I'm I'm your kid and I'm just gonna live by your rules and I'm just gonna do what you want me to do and I think I kind of just fell back into what I did when I was a teenager like I'm gonna please you but I'm gonna do my own thing behind your back and then I ended up getting older and and I was still doing my thing like I would go to church with her but I would go and and like be drinking or you know be going out with my friend and and going to to lounges and stuff and just doing my own thing. I was living a double life. And I I didn't know if my mom knew, but I also didn't care if she knew, but I kind of did care. To the point that I did keep things separate. So I would tell her that I was going to that friend's house. But I didn't tell her what we were going to go do. And she also didn't ask. Things changed when she decided that she wanted to go to Guatemala. And she got stuck there. Because she left, I think, the beginning of March. She left like the week or the week before they shut everything down. And it changed a lot for me because I started to realize how, how, how much I was doing and how much what I was doing was affecting everything around me. So at that point, well, I I went to therapy and that's how I found that out, right? But I, in, in therapy, I realized I was everybody's mom. And at that point, I, I, i didn't really have convert. i really didn't have a relationship with my youngest brother um and my relationship with my middle brother was was good i want to say but it was like a little bit strained but it was good like that was the only stable relationship that i had with a family member i don't know if i'm explaining that right but I, I, at that point I became like the head of my household because my mom wasn't here and I had to take care of a lot of things. Like I had to take care of, um, handling my mom's money and my money. I had to take care of my, the house. I had to keep it up. I had to take care of the groceries. I had to, um, um, you know make sure or or i felt that i had to make sure that everybody was good and i had to send her money granted it wasn't my money that i was sending but i had to make sure that she was financially okay while she was in a different country and dealing with this pandemic which was scary as hell um and then I just started to do a lot of a, a lot of therapy, and I started to realize a lot of things, and I started to like choose choose who I wanted to be. In a sense, I chose that I didn't want to be my brother's mother anymore. That I wanted to be their sister and their friend, and exclusively that. Like I didn't want my relationship with my, this is gonna be a whole another episode, but. I chose who I wanted to be and I didn't want to be any, anyone's mother anymore. I didn't want to take care of anybody anymore in, in, in a motherly way. I just wanted to be the sister that I was supposed to be from the beginning. And I wanted to be my mother's daughter. I didn't want to be her mother. And then I realized that I had mommy trauma. <laughs> I, I realized that I had mommy issues. Um, because there were things that I was like when I was a teenager the world is not a kind place it's not and not that I I got bullied or anything but it's like you're at school all day and not everything that you hear is positive about yourself or positive in general and sometimes you just want to come home and you want a hug And you want like somebody just to love you and and just some way that you can be vulnerable. And I didn't like sometimes I wish that I would have come home and my mom would have looked me in the eye and she would have been like, there's something wrong with you. Come here. I'm going to hug you. You don't have to say anything. Just let me hug you. But also like would I have let her do that because I was so like closed off but sometimes i just wanted her to look me in the eye and know that something was wrong and helped me like 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 reached in dug deep and and like take taken me out of whatever like depression i was in and that never happened and i had to mother myself i realized that i had to mother myself through a lot of things and I had to help myself because I, my mother didn't have the capacity to do that for me and I had to be okay with that and And my therapist asked me one day, she's like, well, what do you want your mom to be? You want your mom to be your friend or you want your mom to be your mom? and I had to think about that. I was like, "Well, duh, I want my mom to be my mom. What else do what, <laughs> what else do? I want my mom to be." And then eventually I came to the conclusion that no, I don't want my mom to be my mom because I don't like the way that she mothers and the way that she mothers is not the way that I need to be mothered. I want her to be my friend. Anyway, I I did all this self-discovery during the pandemonium <laughs> and she comes back after months I, I, I don't i don't remember how long but it was months like it was i think maybe it was even 6 months or longer don't remember exactly how though how long but it was no i think it was even more than 6 months to be honest anyway the 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 pandemic started in march and I think she didn't come back till like December or something. December or January. Or November. Something like that. She definitely wasn't here in October. Anyway. So she comes back and at this point what I created in my home. my Either of my brothers didn't live here. But what I created in my home was this is a safe space. Like, this is a space where you can come relax and just be yourself. You don't have to hide who you are. And that was my new realization that I didn't want to hide who I was. Like, I am an amazing person. I'm fabulous. Like, I'm oof. I'm awesome. And my mom raised an amazing person. Do I have trauma? Of course. But am I amazing? Hell yes and i don't have i don't have to live a double life and i don't have to hide who i am because i'm dope i'm super dope so i wanted to create in my home this atmosphere where you can come as you are and you won't be judged for it you could do you like be you and that's what i, I had, that's what i had accomplished and so I would get my brothers together, I would get my cousins together. We would eat, we would have fun, we would play games, we would just spend time together. And it was in a whatever. It was it was awesome. That's what I had created. And so I had a bottle of vodka. I'm not being sponsored by vodka, but I wish that I would <laughs> but I had a bottle of vodka that I had I don't know if I had just purchased it, but it was a big one. It was the one that you buy, like, at the wholesale places. And it was there. And I didn't feel any need to put it back in my room. It was in the dining room. I didn't feel like I had to put it back in my room because, like, this is my house. I'm big man ting up in this. Like, this is me. No, I'm kidding. So she comes back and I decided... um, I was going to go to supermarket because I was going to buy stuff. I think I was at work that day. And so we just went straight to pick her up. And I was going to go to supermarket to buy food so I could cook. So everybody could come and just, you know, have fun and spend time with her. We haven't seen her in a long time. We haven't seen this woman in a long time. Just like, right? We haven't seen her in a long time. So I go to supermarket and my brother calls me and he's like, bruh she threw away your bottle of vodka and I'm like nah he's lying he's playing games with me because it cannot be true que la primera cosa que ella hizo cuando ella llegó a la casa fue tirarme esa botella it cannot it does I was not able to fathom that she came into my house and the first thing that this woman did was disrespect me throwing away something that I had purchased with my hard earned monies what? And to be honest, it wasn't even about the vodkas. It was about how dare you come into my house, the house that I've taken care of, since you made the stupid decision to go to Guatemala when there was rumor or there were strong rumors about the pandemonium, the Patricia being strong and growing in numbers and cases and like the fact that it it has shut down other places already and you come back to my house my domain my place that I have built well not you know like I whatever you're gonna come into my my place after like everything that I did for you and everything that I've done for everybody all these months and you're just gonna like desecrate my property (laughs) so I at this point like I'm you know I'm my new therapied self and I'm like I'm not gonna say nothing I didn't I came in I started cooking made my food made everybody's food you know, we ate, everybody had fun, they enjoyed themselves, people left. It was just me and her. I didn't want to talk to her because I needed to process what had just happened and I needed to understand why I was upset the way that I was upset. So I sat with it for a couple of days and then I told her, I was like, hey, like, look, we need to have a conversation. And I told her, what bothers me is not the fact that you threw out the alcohol first of all, why did you throw it out and She was like, "No, because that's hard liquor, and that's what that's what alcoholics use and I'm like, "But you drink wine. <laughs> you drink wine, alcohol is alcohol. She's like, "No, it's different because that's hard liquor, and that's that that's what gets you drunk." I was like did you ask me how I drank it like did did you did you sit down as an adult to have a conversation with me to see number one why I bought it number two how I consumed it number three why do I consume it I don't I don't know why I drink alcohol I just know that That just made me sound like the illest alcohol. I promise I am not. (laughs) Anyway. So. She she didn't want to hear it. And I'm like look this is how I drink it. And I explained to her that I would put cranberry juice in it. And lime juice in it. And I would put probably half a shot of vodka in it. To like. Spice it up a little bit, and I would drink it like that. And it was, and like I, I buy this big bottle so that I have it on hand, but not because I'm gonna drink the whole thing in one sitting or half of it in one sitting. And I also have it available for if my brothers want to drink, and you know, like do you do whatever it is that you want to do in my house, right? I'm a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like it i i felt like you disrespected me and my house She's, and then that's what triggered her she's like what do you mean your house i mean like, this has been my house since you left this has the been this has been the house that i've taken care of that i've put work into that i've kept up so you're coming into my house after months of not being here so now i'm an adult and you're an adult and we have to figure out a way to share this space with each other but i'm also not willing to hide my life from you so the fact that i left this bottle out here was me not hiding who i am so from this point we can you can you can choose you, you have two options. You can choose to have a relationship with your adult daughter. And that means that you have to relearn who I am. And, and, you know, create a space for honest and open conversations with me without judgment. Or we can continue going the way that we've been going. And like our relationship could be super superficial. It could be super fake. And you will never know how much of an amazing person you actually raised i don't i don't think she understood any of that she just she kept going back to like things that literally did not matter she's like okay well i'll pay you back for the bottle i'm like it's not about the bottle it's about the action that you did like it's it's not about the alcohol. I could care less about the alcohol. I could literally go to the store right now and buy another bottle. It's not about that. It's about the disrespect that I felt. We could have had a conversation, yet you chose to just do something instead of respecting me. I think I tried to have a conversation about her viewing me as an adult and as my own person two or three times and every single time I ended up in absolute tears I and and not tears like ugly cry ugly cry snot all over the place it was nasty it was not cute but I had these conversations with her and it just never got anywhere and that's that's when I had the second conversation with the therapist and we we had that conversation where i was like okay well i don't want my mom to be my mom i want her i I want my mom to be my friend and not a close friend (laughs) not a close friend i want her to be like a, a a far away friend like the person in between an acquaintance and a friend that's what i want my mom to be because my mom is an amazing person my mom is super creative she's an amazing cook she's funny like if you think i'm funny i was gonna say she's funnier than me but i'm not gonna do her like that and i'm not gonna do me like that i think we're just both funny in the same way she's like she's she's funny she's fun um i learned how to be an amazing aunt because of her like the way that she is with her nieces and her nephews, oh my goodness. I I learned how to be an amazing aunt from her. I learned how to cook from her. I, I learned so many amazing things from her. So it's not like all mommy issues from her, but it's just... She also lost her mom when she was, I think, like in her early 20s, 25 or something like that. And her mom was, was not, you know, you know, back in the day, they used to just mother the way that they possibly could. And I think that each generation does the best with what they have. And I think that my mom definitely did the best that she possibly could with what she had. You know she was in a in a different country she wasn't in her in the country that she was born in she didn't have the support of her husband's family they were scheming behind her back at every single freaking turn uh she barely had her own family here and even the family that she did have here like her and her sister that live here they don't they're not really that close and her sister definitely did not help her at all (laughs) with raising her kids um, my mom had no help and so I think that my mom absolutely did the best that she possibly could with three children in a country that was not hers but the way that our relationship is now it's like I love you but I don't want to continue to give you or or continue to try to get you to know me. That like you're just going to have I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I've I've I think that my my mom is something that I that therapy didn't it, it allowed me to come to terms to what it is but I also came to terms with the fact that it's something that's always gonna hurt me damn I'm not crying but I am tearing up <laughs> it's something that I've just you know come to understand like you and but but it's not all depressing because and I think all my episodes end like this like I always bring it back to God (laughs) um but with therapy I did come to the realization of what my mommy issues were and I also did come to the realization that you know It's, it's always going to hurt. But I also came to the realization that God is amazing. And and God knew what I was missing. Right, and He placed woman in my life that could provide the things that i need. But anyway, let me stop crying. God just knows what i need. Um and if i wouldn't have gone to therapy and i wouldn't have come to the realization that i have mommy issues, um <laughs> and that that place is always going to hurt for me. I don't think that i would have been able to see Or even appreciate the fact that God put all these amazing... There are so many. God placed all these women in my life to give me everything that I'm not necessarily going to be able to get from my mom. Not because she's a horrible person or a horrible mother. It's just you do the best with what you have. And sometimes you're not equipped for that one child. You know? Which is why you need a village. Anyway, in conclusion, this was a lot. Oh my god, this is my first episode where I cried, guys. Now now we're really, we're really, like, close. Now y'all can't leave me. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. (laughs) Alright, so... I just want to share this verse with you guys that literally gets me through every single thing in my entire life. And it's in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. anyway all I know is that God is sufficient for me my mom might not be sufficient for me my father might not have been sufficient for me my relationships in the past have not definitely not been sufficient for me but God is and in therapy especially you know finding out my mommy issues i found out like let, let's let envision it like if my heart has a whole bunch of holes and i was able to identify what those holes were and i was able to be like god like look, look at this hole and he was able to fill in those holes and fill in those spaces that were hurt. he was, first of all he was able to heal some of those spaces that needed to be healed and he was able to just fill in the gaps where he needed to fill in the gaps and that's something that I need to daily hand him over sometimes um but anyway that's the end of this episode I hope that you guys enjoyed thank you for listening to me (laughs) cry. Um, but yeah, I'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye.